Jeffrey Epstein is back in the news and back in jail. Is this justice being served or just another attack on Trump? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And this week, the story that really caught my eye, it's been bubbling up the past couple of weeks, but was this uh, arrest of Jeffrey Epstein. If you don't know the backstory of that, uh, my producer, Binkley, and I. Hey, Binkley, how you doing? I'm living the dream. How are you? <laughs> well, at least you're not in jail today. That's that's always good <laughs> to not be in jail. Not that I was in jail previously. Although it's good to be in jail when you're Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, better than prison. Yes, because his jail, when he was in jail in Florida, it was, I believe it was custom built for him. Yeah. And he got to leave whenever he wanted. Yeah, six days a week, had his own private security guards as well. <laughs> for his security. Yeah. That's hilarious. So if people don't know the story of Jeffrey Epstein, you could go back and listen to the first show we did on it, Binkley, on our podcast at thepropreport.com. I think it was episode 15, so it was an early show of ours. We did it in December of 2016. And I would say as far as all the salient points go, we brought them up back then, kept it alive back then, even though the Miami Herald's uh, fearless, what is it, dogged reporting. The dogged reporting of the Miami Herald. <laughs> Hashtag me too. So it's definitely like a chick thing. She's uh, accredited. I actually read one. This, this There's just, a, I mean, you could do like a million quotes on this one, but it says this one I saw on the Daily Beast, a bombshell Miami, Miami Herald report revealed how Epstein was granted a sweetheart plea deal by Alexander Acosta, the at the time it was Trump's labor secretary. Uh, but the what the article he links to from the Miami Herald is from November of 2018, where she supposedly reveals the sweetheart plea deal, which we talked about in December 2016. And another female journalist from Florida in the Palm Beach Post named Jane Musgrave. I found a reference to that deal, which was supposedly secret prior to this from 2010. Yeah, it was all in the court documents. It was everywhere. And I mean, there it was secret briefly, but uh, by 2010, it was revealed. So anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's the story. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein is a very well-connected guy. He had uh, he's called a billionaire, something I identified back in that show back in the day is I don't really believe that there's no like evidence for it. But that's how he's portrayed. There's some cachet around that, obviously. And certainly it would explain why he has a compound in Florida, a private island, a private jet, all this stuff. Another explanation could be that he's working for somebody else. Alexander Acosta, supposedly, when he was being interviewed, uh, said that Alexander Acosta, who was the federal prosecutor in Florida who was responsible for this plea deal, had said... That, that he heard Jeffrey Epstein was intelligence. Now, he didn't say what country he was intelligence from. I don't think he was working for us. But uh, that goes with one of the victims who said that he, he would debrief her about the sexual habits of these prominent international figures. She and said to her, this was her testimony or deposition, or I don't 
know what format, but her statement that he wanted to have something on these people. He wanted them to owe him one. So I think there's much more to this story than the sex stuff, but that's what is, it's outrageous in itself in that he had hundreds, apparently. Now, the feds identified 40 or up to 40 victims but there were probably hundreds. The local cops down there did a great job, like going through his garbage and just getting piles and piles of evidence against this guy. The lead detective died at the age of 50, I believe, of an undisclosed illness. And the butler who turned in the little black book, he died at the age of 60 of mesothelioma, which I think is is young and weird to get that asbestos, primarily asbestos-related cancer. But anyway, these guys are gone. But he, so Jeffrey Epstein would, in, uh, had procurers go out and get these girls, bring them back, give them money, have them give him massages, and, uh, and it went from there. And there was definitely a from there. And, and the prosecutor, the local prosecutor, took the case to the grand jury. Instead of just filing charges, which he could have done, he took them to the grand jury and, it was behind closed doors. You don't know, but he had one witness there who wasn't even underage, and Epstein, the charge wouldn't even have included jail time. So the feds took over and and did end up giving him a sweetheart deal. It's called a non-prosecution agreement, which was which was kept from the victims, which is against the law, and it it prevented further prosecution of Epstein and and of his accomplices. So, and then he went to jail for a brief amount of time, less than the butler who turned in the black book. The butler turned in the black book to the to, to the victims instead of the prosecutors because he was afraid for his life. And they put him in jail for longer than they put Epstein in jail. And then the guy, so so Epstein was clearly guilty of all this stuff. I don't think there's any dispute about that, but he had this non-prosecution agreement, which was deemed illegal in February of this year. That's that's like 10, 12 years later. Uh, a judge deemed it illegal. Now, the judge didn't vacate it or overturn it, and Epstein's lawyers are arguing, or certainly will argue, that that non-prosecution agreement applies to him, to all jurisdictions, to all crimes related. Uh, and that will probably be their defense to try to get him out of jail. He was arrested in the New York area recently. He was denied bail. He was just charged with one count of trafficking and one count of uh, conspiracy to commit sex trafficking, which in itself seems weird to me because the stories also, and I believe the official documents say that when they went to his home to search it, they found in his safe pornographic material, fraudulent passport. Why not charge him with that stuff, which could not possibly be covered by the prosecution agreement? So, and there's other stuff too that, that may, that, uh, that is in the shadows, such as, he is credibly accused, I think, credibly anyway, uh, of conspiring with a modeling agency to bring people in for the per this purpose. So that is a totally different thing. Like, that's a whole nother crime to bring people in internationally for that. So they could charge him for a lot of stuff that they're so far not charging it. And I did, as soon as this happened, I kind of smelled a rat, like, why is it happening now? And, uh, and Binkley, I think you 
also smelled that rat, but you were ahead of it anyway because you saw this coming as soon as uh, Alexander Acosta, the prosecutor of Florida, was made the labor secretary for Trump. And uh, and I mean, I think it's clear what what that was all about. What do you think? Yeah, they passed him through with flying colors and they brought up the Epstein case. And I think they put him in there so they could make it a Trump scandal. Yes, you have said that all along. And I happen to notice in an article that I saw in The Washington Post, it said uh, there's a good chance. This is I'm reading from the article. There's a good chance that if Acosta had not gotten appointed, Epstein would still be free. If Acosta never became secretary of labor, none of what's happened in the last week would ever have happened. Uh, said another of Epstein's lawyers, no one would have cared by now. If there was any vetting of cabinet officers by the administration, none of this would have ever happened. And, of course, there was vetting. They talked to him about that. That's when he said, I heard Epstein was intel, so I backed off, which was totally inconsistent with previous statements that Acosta made. I can read them to you from 2011, saying what the actual pressure uh, and threats and stuff that came from the Epstein camp, the pressure to bear on the prosecutors and stuff. I'll read some quotes about that later. But also, didn't you tell me in the in the vetting process in the congressional, didn't a Democrat ask him questions about yeah, it? Yeah, Tim Kaine did. That's funny. Yeah, I think they did that so that it could because, look like Hillary's side was, was pushing back on it. Right, because this, if it's anybody's scandal, it would have been a Clinton scandal. Absolutely. We were, we were joking on the podcast we did this week. So if people want to hear more about this story, in addition to what we're doing today, you can go to thepropreport.com and look at our most recent podcast. But in real time, we unearthed this article by Roger Stone from a few years ago, like 2015, saying Jeffrey Epstein is Clinton's problem. Because Bill Clinton had gone on Jeffrey Epstein's plane called the Lolita Express, nicknamed that, to the private island where all sorts of shenanigans are alleged to have occurred. But he was for in for various destinations. Clinton was on that plane. Uh, I've seen estimates from 19 to 26 times, whereas Trump was on the plane once. Epstein wasn't even on it. And that was just hitching a ride home from Florida to New York. Yeah. And that's in the court documents. Uh, his brother, Epstein's brother, testified to that in a deposition. And and also like his kitchen guy said that Trump. So you'll see all these articles that say Trump was all over the place. It seems to me that he was probably at two or three events that Epstein was at, at three at the most, from what I can tell. I can, I can only identify two specific things. One is that, like, video where they're dancing with models, and the other was an, was supposedly a, an event Epstein held for Clinton who that Trump showed up to, but Clinton didn't show up to it. So it, it even then points back to Clinton. But what he – but the – Guy said uh, that Trump was at Epstein's once in a while, but he ate in the kitchen. Like, he didn't even fraternize with those people. I, I just think he's clean, but I really think that. Like, I'm not saying, well, you know, maybe something's out there. No, I don't think so. I, I, I've i got a laundry list of things that I would hold against Trump, but this is just not in keeping with, I think, his M.O. or any of that. But I do think that it's being painted as a Trump scandal. So... Uh, I don't know if people, if that's a general impression. I want to get to some tweets, Binkley, after the break, because I think uh, on Twitter it's definitely being shown that way. But let's hear what, what uh, people think about it. Do you think this is a Trump scandal or is it a Clinton scandal? 404 
800-WSB-TALK. Even if you think, do you think this is coming up just to make it a Trump scandal that Clinton was insulated from it, but Trump is being uh, is being painted with that brush uh, unfairly? Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk, and we'll read some tweets after the break at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Yeah, well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. So we're talking about the Jeffrey Epstein case back in the news. It uh, should have been a, a, a tremendous scandal 10 years ago. And it was a minor scandal 10 years ago. It was brushed under the rug. It was the... So Alexander Acosta was the Labor Secretary under Trump. He was the prosecutor for Epstein against Epstein and cut this non-prosecution agreement, which was fought by the victims for, for since till now, because it, they were not told about it before it, it happened. So it's possible Jeffrey Epstein is protected by that, even though it's illegal and it didn't give them the opportunity to object to it. But he, Acosta, so that went up to the Department of Justice. So that was being defended at the highest levels of the U.S. government for 10 years. And who was at the highest levels of U.S. government since 2009 to now or till this reemerged under Trump? It was entirely suppressed during the Obama years. So Eric Holder was at the helm for for. most of the time since this came down and it was, he was protected. And now that Acosta kind of brought it into the Trump white house just by his person, then it becomes a big deal and it's, and it becomes a Trump scandal. So Binkley, give me uh, a tweet. I want to do some more after the break, but give me a tweet that brings this point home. This is from Jameis who says, I have no doubt whatsoever that at real Donald Trump is involved in the worst crimes imaginable. (laughs) That reminds me of one I saw that said, I'm sure Jeffrey Epstein has video of Trump raping a 13 year old. I mean, (laughs) you know, you're sure of that? Are you? (laughs) Intuition. Let's get to some calls after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. We're going to read more tweets. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez. Monica Perez. It's a man A man On News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. And this week we're talking about Jeffrey Epstein back in jail, back in the news. We've been talking, we've been, my producer and I, Binkley, we started talking about this in December, December 2016. I think we talked about it before that, but we dedicated a show to it. Are you saying, Binkley, are you telling me? It was right around the election. Yeah, we were talking about it, I believe, all along. And then because uh, that was the only show that actually had Epstein. That was the first show that had Epstein in the title. You can go to thepropreport.com. It's episode 15. But we had been following it because we felt it would be a terrible scandal for the Clintons. I mean, Hillary's albatross was Bill and his habits of 
I mean, there were so many pictures of him, inappropriate pictures, and of course, all the scandal. And and in the Me Too era, it wasn't quite Me Too yet. But if anybody should have sparked the Me Too era, it would have been it should have been Clinton, not Trump. And the evidence against Clinton, I think, was pretty clear. He seemed to establish a pattern uh, of this kind of thing. And then his association with Epstein, we can kind of tick that stuff off. We expect at any minute for this thing to break and to be the end of Hillary's hopes. But it went by without really any kind of splash. Then the next year... Alexander Acosta makes the news as being Trump's labor pick, and it just seemed fishy. It seemed fishy, and now the story breaks that they're reopening this uh, in a way it seems to me to paint Trump as as being a part of the Epstein scandal. Do you not? I, I mean, you saw that coming with that the Acosta appointment. Too, right, Binkley? Yeah. They wanted to link it to Trump, then they can let it out and they can protect the people at the top. But this is when I always feel Trump is either complicit or being bamboozled. So when Melania did her speech at the RNC, that was clearly an operation to neutralize her forever, in my opinion. So there was no doubt in my mind that she probably, that I should say, there's no doubt in my mind that was an operation to neutralize her. I speculate that she is a person of integrity and intelligence and that the filthy business of politics in D.C. would have been hard for her to swallow. She might have said things that people didn't want to hear. So they took her out. They set her up and they took her out. I don't know who was in on that, but it happened. So I don't know if Trump thought about Alexander Acosta, if he was even aware of that being a pick. Like, I just don't know how it works at those levels. But I believe it was a setup. That guy was there just to open this can of worms and tie him. This is the greatest tie to Trump is just that Acosta works for Trump. Yeah. Guilt by association. Right. After the fact. But I do want to take off the 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 connections that Clinton has with Epstein versus the connections that Trump has with Epstein and also what their kind of MOs are to see what people think about this. So let me know what you think. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to go to the phones. Uh, I'm going to go to Mike in Atlanta. Hi, Mike. You're on with Monica. Man, I tell you, Mr. Perez, it's good to get you. I'm going to make a comment, and then I'm going to say a question, and then I'm going to hang up. Okay. First of all, do you think Epstein has got some ties to the Hollywood people? And then secondly, uh, I live over here in southwest Atlanta. I was cruising through your sh- you know, the radio when you push that button to go through the radio thing, and it stopped. I was in the, fa- I was in the church's chicken uh, drive-through, and it stopped on your radio station. I heard you talking. Let me tell you, you sound good. Your show is great. I pulled over. I'm eating my three-piece church's chicken snack, listening to your show over here on Capitan Road. You keep up the good work. Take care. Hi. Bye. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate that. There's there's nothing better or worse than someone saying, I had to pull over to listen to your show. 
<laughs> but that's great. I'm glad you love it. I really am trying to wake Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberties. And the complete failure of the criminal justice system is, I consider to be the number one threat to our liberty, both personally, they can throw you in jail for something you didn't do because they don't like you, or they can keep you out of jail for doing, even though you do bad things to innocent people because they do like you. And the latter is what we're talking about right near with, right here with Epstein. Uh, and and do do I think that he has anything to do with Hollywood? Well, one of the trips he took with Bill Clinton uh, was a trip to Africa with Chris Rock and Kevin Spacey to talk about like economic underprivilege and all that stuff, which is hilarious to be with a guy who exploits economically underprivileged underage girls by enticing them with money. And flying these big shots across the globe in a private jet to, uh, to like, at, like, to watch people being poor. I mean, maybe they were going to help him. I don't know. But Binkley, what do you think the connections with Epstein and Hollywood are? What, go if I had that? to speculate, I would say there's some there. The Kevin Spacey, he's, he's buddies with him, but I, I don't know yeah. for sure. Wexner's big. You know, Kevin Spacey also has that picture of Scaramouche kissing him on the face. Remember that? Maybe Kevin Spacey is uh, is deeper state than I've ever thought of before. Epstein's well-connected. So are all these guys. Yeah, that's true. Well, Epstein's kind of grub staker is, is that less Wexner from the limited. I don't know what what uh if those guys would produce movies or anything like that. The, but... the only evidence I've seen is like, it strongly ties him to Clinton, really, when you look through the court documents. Right. Well, look, those guys, he seems to have a, a international context of the highest order. He was, I believe, he, it, it was said and then retracted and then said again by the guy who ran the MC2 modeling agency that Epstein gave him $2 million to keep that business going, to bring young women in to be, quote, models, but then do work for Epstein of a sexual nature. Uh, and my guess is you're in Florida. You can probably connect with those guys. Plenty of uh, stars hang out there. But I'll keep my eyes open for that one. Thank you so much for the call, Mike. All right, I'm going to go to Jeff in Auburn. Hi, Jeff. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, I'd like to say, you know, they're always trying to dig up stuff on Trump, and they always fail, but uh other president that we had, there's proven facts on him. I seen on Fox News the other night that uh, Obama's ex-preacher, he uh, stood, Obama stood up and introduced him there in church, the so-called church, and this guy showed a little clip of him preaching, and he said that... uh they say, God bless America. I oh, say, yeah. GD America. I know. And, and they let this guy become president of the United States and kept that covered up till recently. So I know. I remember that. that at the time, the Jeremiah Wright thing, is that he, he was saying that at the time it was pretty bad. And then Jeremiah Wright complained after Obama became president that they didn't get to see him anymore. But there, stuff came out about... Obama that was pretty shocking and was totally buried, including his uh, the backstory of his grandfather, his mother's father, being intelligence and a picture of the father of his grandfather with his father who came over from Africa to study 
with uh, the lei ceremony. So when you first arrive in Hawaii, they give you the leis. And there was a picture of Obama's grandfather and father in that lei ceremony. Yet the official story of how Obama's mother and father met was that they were sitting next to each other in Russian class at the, you know, so I think it was Wayne Madsen who wrote all this stuff about the kind of deep state past of Obama, not to mention that he grew up in Indonesia as the stepson of the liaison between Union Oil and a U.S. coup-installed government in Indonesia. So to the extent Obama seemed like an outsider or uh, a guy who wasn't part of the establishment, hope and change, not in my opinion, not a chance in the world. But I also think that they have to have people who are either reliable deep state actors or uh, or have a lot of skeletons in their closet. And honestly, I think Trump is the former, not the latter. I think with Obama, they had some deep state. Uh, they had he had the deep state background, but he also had skeletons in his closet that you could trot out if he got too full of himself. Because a lot of times these guys who are like pawns, Woodrow Wilson, maybe even Jimmy Carter, I think Obama to some extent. They this is what I've read about like how they pick these guys. They get their they look for guys who have big egos but aren't very diligent so that they don't believe they can be fooled. They know they're smart, but they don't they're easy to what's called stovepipe. It's easy to just feed them information and have them do their bidding, but if you get at, but if you have a guy who has enough self-respect I think like Richard Nixon or JFK or Ronald Reagan, they can start out that way. But then they they want to assert their own initiative, and that's when they get they get removed from office one way or another. So I think there is a lot to that. But but Trump, I don't think he has a lot of skeletons. He's got the several marriages, and he did like the ladies. But I don't think he was doing this illegal stuff with ladies at all. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. But if you look at his kind of his past with Roy Cohn and his uncle, who was military intelligence, uh, Dr. John Trump. I think that he's a he's an even deeper deep state actor. What do you think, Bing? It goes deep with his uncle taking Tesla's papers, creating the X-ray. He created the He was X-ray? credited with creating an X-ray machine that's going to cure cancer. It's in a paper from like 1952. Well, they did suppress supposedly a lot of Tesla stuff, and I and I actually lay that at the feet specifically of Dr. John Trump because he went and got his papers before the nephew could get to the hotel room yeah. where Tesla was like, some say, held captive basically. And he used Tesla's information to work with the British to develop weapons technology. Yeah, John Trump, if you look him up, he was an MIT professor who was military intelligence, military research. I know you said he was British intelligence. I I, I mean, he was American, but I'm sure he crossed that bridge, if that's what you found, because all the other stuff points to that sort of thing, international kind he of. He worked uh, with them during yeah. World War II. So that's what so that's what I think. And they they so when I look at stuff about Trump like this. I I started out preparing for this show just rattling off like the eight actual investigations that I would launch against Trump or scandals that I would (laughs) reveal. I'm not against Trump, but like that Wilbur Ross founded Rothschild, New York and bailed out Trump. George Soros, I read this twice, bailed out Trump in Chicago. He his sister's a federal judge. He didn't have to go through the normal process for for casino 
licensing. He I, that's just the beginning. And if you wanted to investigate that stuff, even if Trump ended up being innocent, you could probably unearth a lot of crime just by those shady dealings in New York and the casinos, all that kind of stuff. But they don't. They focus on this stuff, which I think is not only no evidence that he did any of this stuff wrong, it's completely inconsistent with his reputation as a cad. He was reputed to just point to women and say, I want that one. I want that one. And I was walking behind him in a convenience store in New York once, and I saw him pointing. I had already heard that. I saw him pointing at bags of chips. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, his like security detail was picking up the bags of chips. It was like he's this germaphobe. Didn't tell you, just pointed at stuff he wanted. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's what he's supposed to win. <laughs> so I don't think this this is consistent. But I'm going to go to more calls after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We're talking about the Epstein case. It, it's so funny because as soon as it me- hits the mainstream, as soon as you start talking about, oh, this intrepid reporting, this guy is finally going to be brought to justice. There is something about my reaction. Like, maybe I'm too cynical, but I just immediately think, yeah, it doesn't really work that way. There's it just that this you could see the lead up with the Miami Herald stories. You could see it all coming. So uh, we've been. From the very beginning, it looked to us like the Epstein scandal was a problem for Bill Clinton. I mean, Bill Clinton was on that island. He was identified by witnesses. He was on that plane many, many times. And Trump could have withstood any real authentic scrutiny again if this was all really judged in the court of public opinion because Trump's interaction with Epstein was limited and benign. When he was on the plane, it was to go from Florida to New York. It wasn't going to some island with girls. Epstein wasn't even on it. Every every minor interaction with Trump, I think, has an explanation. Now, maybe you disagree with that. I want to kind of tick it off after the break. I want to talk about was Epstein, uh, uh, was Clinton, figuratively speaking, in bed with Epstein, or is it really a Trump scandal? And I think Bankley, my producer, and I have enough just undisputed facts that are out there that we can lay them out for you and you can you can weigh it 404-872-0750 800-WSB-TALK I also want to talk about at some point during the show I want to talk about the similar cases some cases that are similar where people went to jail for a long time and some cases that are similar where people were not prosecuted at all and it seems highly correlated with their political connections or maybe wealth so let's talk about that too after the break and you can tweet at me at monica perez show this is your last chance after this there is no turning back you take the blue pill the story ends You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to do. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 
talking about Jeffrey Epstein, and we're about an hour into this conversation. You can always, if you've missed it or want to go back, you can always go to uh, my producer, Brinkley, and I do a podcast and also post these shows. Uh, the WSB show we put up on Wednesday, our podcast we put up on Thursday. It's at thepropreport.com after the propaganda report. But but earlier in the show, we had a caller, Mike, I think his name was, in southwest Atlanta, who asked if we thought Epstein had any connections to Hollywood. And I just glanced at my notes and saw the name of a victim who had identified herself, Alicia Arden. I think she came out in the Miami Herald reports. And I'm a little skeptical about how well-crafted the Miami Herald reports were. A lot of victims came forward with their names. I think that's weird since one of the arguments was that people were afraid to come forward. That's why they didn't prosecute him fully. I don't buy that argument. But names aren't bantered about, that bandied about when sex crimes are fight. So I, I looked into this woman, Alicia Arden. She claimed that Jeffrey Epstein uh, grabbed her butt and told her he wanted to manhandle her when she was introduced to him for some professional reason in Santa Monica, which is the Hollywood area, and that she filed a police report in 1997 against him, and it was not pursued by the Santa Monica police. So she's frustrated because this was before all that stuff was happening and all those young girls. And another thing about, like, they were saying these guys have to, they couldn't get people to testify. The cops got piles and piles of evidence, in it, and, and they're like, and, it, and, you know, there were implications. These girls were willing. Statutory rape is not about consent. You cannot, you are not competent to consent when you're 14 years old. You're not. And no one's, no one's ever, the prostitution is wrong, but you can't consent to, uh, to being a 14 year old prostitute. That's, that's not a defense for Epstein and they don't need, if they have hard evidence, they don't need the victim. So I don't buy any of that stuff, but I was surprised that all the names that came up, but they did come up. I'm going to go to some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Linda in Kennesaw. Hey, Linda, you're on with Monica. Hi. Hey, Monica. I agree with you. Uh, uh, this whole thing stinks. I think when people are in high power, they all know each other. It's all who's who. The Clintons and Trump and Epstein and all these people, they all know each other. They know each other's dirt. They socialize together. So they think the American people are stupid, uh, that they, you know, they try to trick us by uh, either by some morality. Oh, he gropes women and he shouldn't be president. When in fact, it's all the inside dealings. They don't want him in there because they have a different agenda. Uh, I mean, Obama was put in because he was the chosen one. They knew they can get him in there. They knew they can make him a president. And and every single president, he's a puppet for somebody bigger and higher. And it's all politics. And that's why we call politics dirty, because it's all on the inside. And they don't tell us everything. And they think we're too stupid to handle the truth. I totally agree with you. And I... uh... I would say that, especially with Obama and Trump, there's a real trend to call somebody an outsider. It's like the trend that the only valid information has been leaked 
or overheard against interest. Or there was another example, right, Binkley, that we were talking about how it's not, I think it was relevant to this case. You think about that, but it's where there's no credibility unless, dot, 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 unless it's leaked. With these, with the president nowadays, they want they wanted Obama to look like a total outsider. They then I think they wanted him to physically look like an outsider, not part of the kind of D.C. establishment. And with Trump, they paint him also as a kind of rogue outsider. But he absolutely wasn't. And his and and he's not even a businessman in the way that he's portrayed to be in that. He went bankrupt four times, and to the extent they're like, he's a businessman, and bankruptcy is a business tactic, and you know he can run the country. I'm like, well, he doesn't get four chances, <laughs> you know, at getting it right. Like that's not an okay argument. But even further, I, I would argue that most of the money that his family got, if if not all of it, his father made the money from government grants for housing, and then he himself went into the casino business, getting kind of a pass on the licensing to enter that oligopolistic protected industry. You get hyper profits. And then even the thing that's actually making him rich, because the other stuff didn't, in my opinion, was the D.C. post office, which was a gimme, which was an absolute gift that whoever got awarded that by the government and the agent, I believe, was Diane Feinstein's husband, whoever got awarded that was basically guaranteed to just print cash. It was just not a, it was a fishy process. So I'm just saying, you think these guys are portrayed as outsiders. Why does CNN allow that outsider narrative to persist with Trump? Why does Morning Joe, there's leaked audio where Morning Joe says, Trump says to Mika, hey, keep the questions easy. And she says, okay. <laughs> you know. So I agree with you, Linda, I'm not here trying to bash Trump. I I don't think that his hands are dirty when it comes to this Epstein stuff, but I do think that these guys are playing games with us. And I think that, that this drama, he might even play into this drama. He might play into it because it's a distraction from other things, or maybe if he'll get completely exonerated and it'll make him look better because I think he will get exonerated or I think he, anybody who really looks into it isn't going to find that smoking gun because I don't think he did it. So, but I, but let's, Binkley, I want to just kind of tick off some of the things that make me think that that Clinton would have been at much greater risk if the scandal had broke with him as the focus than Trump. So for me, what do they have against Trump? A couple of parties he went to with Epstein. He ate in Epstein's kitchen. He he uh, got a ride home from his plane and Epstein used to go to Mar-a-Lago, but he was barred from there, which must have taken courage on Trump's part to bar somebody that important and connected. He was barred from Mar-a-Lago after recruiting a young girl from there. I think it was Virginia Roberts who was the one who was recruited from there. And Trump has that quote where he says, Epstein's a terrific guy. He loves beautiful women. Although his are on the younger side, which makes me think that Trump's aren't on the younger side. So that's what I think they have against Trump. Do you think they have anything else, Binkley, against Trump? People are going to argue that video that was released recently. NBC was filming a bunch of models with those two guys there. Yeah. 
But what what does that say? I don't I don't think it's evidence of guilt of anything, but that's what people on the left are going to say. I don't think anybody in that picture was underage. No, oh, I don't either. So what was the NBC doing there? Just like you said, if they were. Yeah. I mean, are they complicit as well? So for me, that kind of that that stuff is typical of Trump. He was very into. Did you ever see his intros on the on the wrestling thing? Where they sing money, money, money. Yeah. And he's like flanked by uh, the, you know, wrestling type chicks. Yeah. I mean, he likes to have women around. But People that's all... his image, yeah. which Jeff Zucker helped him create, by the way, with The Apprentice. His image is boss man. His image is money man. His image is women man. You yeah. Know, uh... People also accuse him of raping a 13 year old girl with Jeffrey Epstein, but they don't mention that. That was pursued. There was no evidence found, and it was discovered that the person behind that was a former Jerry Springer producer who has a history of doing stunts like this for profit. And and it was never proven. No. Right. And and that to me is would you consider that a thorough debunking? (laughs) It's thoroughly debunked if you look into it. (laughs) I wonder if you looked that up on Snopes, which is notorious for fake debunking yeah like they take only things that are or a lot of times things that are true yeah and they make some twisted grammatical argument that it's yeah oh that sentence <laughs> yeah they won't say it's debunked. The they'll say in the wrong place yeah they'll say it can't be proven yet is probably yes yes very good so all right so then then the clinton stuff clinton you know a lot of this stuff better than I. He took those rides. He went globe trotting with these guys. <laughs> he Epstein was on the Trilateral Commission, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Council of Foreign Relations. Uh, he was a big Harvard donor, maybe even on some boards there. He and what did he do with the Clinton? He he contributed to the Clinton Global Initiative, but it went further than that, right? In his plea negotiation letter, which is far more important towards him getting the deal than uh, Alexander Acosta. It says that Jeffrey Epstein was part of the original group that conceived of the Clinton Global Initiative, and it boasted about his friendship with Bill Clinton. And that had, I mean, that was not a lie, right? Nobody ever claimed that. Nobody was not disputed true. that, and yeah. it was accepted by the yeah. government. And uh, Epstein's handler or procurer or whatever, Ghislaine Maxwell, mm-hmm. she, I noticed there's that funny haha story about her having to leave the country for some illness or whatever yeah. so she could not be deposed in the Epstein case yet during that time frame she was photographed at Chelsea Clinton's <laughs> wedding right yeah and then there's this other thing where this MC2 which is a modeling agency i talked about earlier the head of that Brunel claimed he was told to flee the country once subpoenas were handed down Brunel was told by Epstein to leave the area in anticipation of a deposition in a criminal case against Epstein. So Brunel admitted that. I think he took it back and then admitted it again. But that's obstruction of justice on both of their parts. And that is a pattern of behavior that Maxwell is accused of. But that all the the so Clinton was so connected to Maxwell, who's knee deep in this stuff. I mean, I, I almost think she's more guilty than Epstein. Like, I think if there's a bigger picture going on here, she's the one running the show. And she was that tight with Clinton that she was at Chelsea's wedding. Yeah. So, uh, all right, I want to go to calls. I want to go to Marie, but I'm going to do it after the break so we have a little more time. 
404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. I'm not interested in fantasies. I'm interested in reality. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. And it goes straight to the phones, talking about Epstein. I'm going to Marie in Athens. Hi, Marie. You're on with Monica. Hi. Hey, what's happening? Um, I just uh, found out that uh, the president, he had barred Epstein from Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. For assaulting uh, somebody there. And, I mean, he's got court papers on it. Really? And, uh, There's papers mm-hmm. on that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Because that really had to have taken, I don't know if Trump was trying to cover his butt or if he was, like, outraged by it. But it had to have taken some courage if this guy was so Teflon that nobody could He did it. it. In the New York Post. Oh, it's in the New York Post? I'll have to. You would not believe the mountains of articles I have every, there's so much on Epstein. It kind of annoys me that the Miami Herald's getting all this credit for stuff that has been out there for anyone who wanted to see it for 10 years. Uh, And and I bet including that, I I wonder if that's all over the Miami Herald story. It will be soon. If not, I hope so. I think so. Yeah. Thank you very much for the information. Um, Bigly, yeah. Don't you think that it's a little bit crazy that that stuff is completely not in the Herald story? Yeah, that's what alerted me to. Or is it? Is that, I mean, court documents. I don't think that, I've never seen references to court documents about that. That's an official, like. Yeah. When she did not mention the plea negotiation letter and facts like that, that told me that there was some sort of psyop going on. Because you don't go through those court documents and not run into this stuff. Right, right. I, and and you, you do stumble upon those documents pretty quickly. And she also said she didn't. So we're talking about the Miami Herald articles are being credited for bringing the Epstein case back in the limelight, even though it was tr- struggling to come into the limelight in all, all over 2016. We were shouting it from the rooftops. And this chick parachutes in, and now she's being hailed a hero. But didn't she say she could not? interview bradley edwards the easiest person to interview on god's good earth with she more... talked about how it was like she couldn't get the lawyers to respond to her at all and it was difficult and he responded to me the first time i reached out to him not to mention because he was personally in a suit against epstein regarding this case there's like pages and pages and pages of his recounting undisputed facts in the case. I mean, everything that guy has to say is in the record. You could Google it right now. So I I just call BS. We should actually, I think that your insight into what's really going on with the Miami Herald story is very interesting. I mean, we covered it on our podcast, but I think we should, it's worth, it bears repeating. So let's do it after the break. 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. This time we're talking about Jeffrey Epstein who violated the fundamental bodily rights of probably hundreds of girls who 
by our laws are not competent to consent to that stuff. There was coercion. There was targeting. There was procurement. And uh, there are also allegations of force. And certainly uh, money was changing hands. Blackmail might have been the goal. There was so much there. And his punishment for it was minimal. He went to a custom-made jail wing for himself that he didn't even have to stay in that long. And he got the privilege of a non-prosecution agreement, which is, from what I could tell from other legal analysts, was worded weirdly broadly. So it is now Jeffrey Epstein was arrested in New York. He's in jail right now. And he's being charged with just one charge of trafficking and one charge of conspiracy to traffic. I guess it's, I don't know if it's child or sex or both uh, sex trafficking, even though there's so many other things he could be charged with. And from what I can tell, that would never be covered by that NPA. It's called the non-prosecution agreement. Yet his his lawyers are going to be able to argue that he should be covered, even if the prosecutors did it illegally. Just because somebody makes a mistake that that vacates their rights doesn't mean that you can be prosecuted again under like double jeopardy or whatever. So you don't, it doesn't necessarily mean that that non-prosecution agreement is vacated just because it was entered into illegally. And it was illegal because the crime victims are supposed to be notified before there's an agreement like that put in force. So there are real issues with this. And, uh, it, People have been freaked out about this for years now. Everybody's known about it. Yet it came back to the fore at the end of last year because of a series of articles in the Miami Herald. And this was a supposedly was sparked by Trump putting Alexandra Acosta, the prosecutor who gave that agreement, into the cabinet. So. Trump somehow got himself more connected to Epstein this way than he was before. It sparked this resurgence in interest, and that was picked up on, of course, not when it looked like it was going to bury Clinton during the campaign, but only now. And it looks like it's supposed to throw Trump under the bus, but I have to say, my producer Binkley has a theory, and I think it's 100% right, of what... So let's call this a psychological operation. There's something to this. It's... I believe my guess is that Epstein knows what's going on. He's still he's still cutting deals, negotiating stuff. I, my guess is this is a totally orchestrated event. Maybe he doesn't even do real time after this. I really don't know. And it's definitely going to be used to smear Trump. But there's another goal here, and I think it's very interesting. Finkley, what is your theory of this PSYOP? Well, the initial reporting focused very heavily on how great the investigative journalism was of this local dogged news reporter. And that made me kind of suspicious. So I started looking into the Miami Herald and their parent company. And the Miami Herald, uh, their parent company is partners with Google on their $300 million Google Global News Initiative which is a, quote, journalism-focused program that will help publishers earn revenue and combat fake news, specifically with 
local news outlets. The Google News Initiative is a worldwide attempt to control information. They work with the social media outlets to silence alternative reporting, and then they bolster up these local mouthpieces to make it appear that it's coming from a local organization because people trust local news organizations far more than they do the national media. They've done polls on that. Plus, it looks like there is diversity of opinion that you do have access across the board to a lot of different voices. They seem to come from different geographic locations. But I even noticed decades ago, my local newspaper was owned by what's now Gannett. It was bought by Gannett, and that's the biggest owner of newspapers in the country. And they're local newspapers, and it's based out of D.C. And even when I moved to Dallas... Uh, as an adult, I was so surprised that the Dallas, Dallas Morning News was so liberal when I never lived in a place that had that many Republicans before. And I was shocked. So just when you were telling me this theory, I looked up Dallas Morning News, who's its own by. I was like, oh, it's owned by some company, Bellow, B-E-L-O. I was like, oh, I guess it is independent. Funny. I guess those guys are liberals. Then when I went to investigate Gannett, because they were the ones who owned my local newspaper, I saw that they owned Bellow. So I don't know when they bought it, but... It's even if it looks like other people own it. So that's the that's the that I noticed that the local news isn't even local half the time. The yeah. AJC is owned by Cox, which is this media station. So I, they are not owned by Gannett. But I that but the vast majority or at least a plurality, I don't know what the percentages of, of these local things are really the same. And then it doesn't even beyond that, as far as the. National stories, we all know that three of the – that almost all the news, if not all the news, comes from the three news agencies, Reuters, UPI, and Associated Press, I think, are the three. Yeah, and the Miami Herald has already been a part of three pilot projects through the Google News Initiative and other news initiatives. The Facebook Journalism Project designed to increase their subscriptions, and they, they did uh, three times, three X. Uh, the Knight Foundation – uh, an initiative to transform the local newsroom into the digital world, and one called Subscribe with Google. So they've been a pilot organization for all of these worldwide news initiatives, which is designed to combat fake news and make money for these, quote, local establishments. It sounds like the U.N. and Atlanta. They tested it on the U.N. <laughs> before they did yeah, an, or the EU. Like, Atlanta is like the – any sustainability yeah. project, any UN project, like if you scratch the surface, Atlanta, it's like there. Well, yeah, the, the Google News Initiative started. They tested for four years. They've been testing this uh, in the EU, and now oh, they, they're testing oh, it here. for four years. Yeah. Wow. So, so here's my take on this. I was trying to figure out what the journalists – there's that – there were all those hearings in Congress. We talked about them where the journalists are trying to band together, or the big journalism companies are trying to band together and kind of share share revenue with Facebook and Google because they're providing content, but Google and Facebook are getting all the ad dollars. The thing sounds a little funny to me, So, and I bet that's because it doesn't really hold water when you look at it, But because when you can't understand something, I learned a long time ago, like if you try to understand it and you can't, it might not be your fault. You know, It could be that it doesn't make sense. So my idea was... If there's a plethora of independent, totally unrelated news sources, they will 
pop up. People will share the links. You do your if search engines aren't super super top heavy like Google is, you duck duck go or whatever. You can find this other information. You put it on your links. You put it on Twitter. You put it on Facebook. But you're just sharing the links, and people are clicking through to the links. And then at that those places they have the advertising. So actually, these local newspapers who couldn't make the transition and were owned by Gannett or whatever anyway. It's really just an echo chamber, just like the rest of it. So why not? So it's actually a good thing. It's more of a diversity of opinion. And and, and a lot of these people are cheaper. What do we do? We don't really make any We don't even advertise on our blog or on our podcast or anything like that. We're just doing it, you know, and we can – a lot of it's open source. A lot of it's just – you can get a lot of people doing a little stuff and have a real diversity of opinion and resources. And And that cannot be controlled. But if you favor these alleged local things that are connected to this deal where everybody in the in the organization, the negotiating block with Facebook and Google gets that preferential treatment, it's going to obliterate any hope of having the little guy rise. It's just like the Google search engine. You're not penetrating what they don't want you to penetrate. Absolutely. Google set up their algorithms so that these local establishments would show up at the top because they're favoring, quote, authoritative sources. And I think it's worth pointing out that Google Alphabet was behind Hillary Clinton during the campaign in 2016. Oh, and they're the ones who obviously – Who are working with the Knight Foundation and Miami Herald. So you really got to wonder how screwy stuff gets because Jeff Zucker at CNN created – Trump. I think he has a, like a cartoon of himself with Trump on his desk. <laughs> and Google, who was identified early on as being able to select the next president simply by how they configure their search engine, was a big Hillary supporter. Yet Trump wins over Hillary. I mean, it, it makes you think yeah. there is a dialectic at play here, which I, 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 I just, just like. Everything having to be leaked or against interest in order to have any credibility, you've got to be the outsider. There seems to be this necessity for any policy, any opinion change to have to have this adversarial nature, this dialectical nature. So you put it's like um, so you put Trump up there to make people mad on the other side and even discredit his own side. I mean, it's not that complicated to see what a kind of reverse psychology operation it could have all been. But in any case, those people are in complete control of what of what the majority of people see when they search for something or when they go to look at a news feed from Facebook. And and this is going to fold into that, I think. But we'll see more of this. We'll see more breaking news stories where the mainstream media is talking about how the story was broke by some dogged local news person. Right. So that's so so when you see all those polls that say people hate Congress, people hate the media, blah blah blah, this is a way for them to placate those feelings just like the outsiders of presidents, Obama, Trump. Yeah. Now you have mm-hmm. the outsider of mainstream media but just peel the onion one layer. And you see, they're all they're all part of the same web anyway. Yeah, they're all in bed together. It seems like it. All right, let's take a break. I'm going to get to some more calls. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. I also 
this morning saw a Wall Street Journal article that I think plays into this dialectic and your theory of what's really going on with the Miami Herald. I think it's kind of outrageous what this guy wrote in the Wall Street Journal, and I and it was an attack on the Miami Herald uh, woman who wrote. And I think that there's going to be some backlash, so I want to kind of give you a what to watch out for after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Everything she said was true. She knew. Nobody believed her. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I'm going to go to the phones, 800 WSB Talk. Uh, I'm going to Jan. Jan, you are on with Monica. Hi, Jan. Hi, Monica. Thanks for having your show. I enjoy it every week. Awesome. So what's your what are your thoughts on this? My thoughts are I just did a presentation yesterday on this topic. Um, I work with an organization called Darkness to Light, and we are trying to bring the subject of child sexual abuse to the forefront with trainings locally, with agencies and groups. You can also take it online, but until people are aware of the massive issue with child sex abuse, Epstein, this whole thing with him is going to bring it to the forefront as far as it's on a national level, but what are we looking at locally? I mean, because just in Gilmore County, we've got 96 registered sex offenders. I just was reading an article uh, about a West Palm Beach. This was in 2013. It's not recent, but it says West Palm Beach man sentenced to 11 years for turning a teen girl into a, one teen girl into a prostitute. And we're talking Epstein did so much more. But one of the lines that uh, caught my attention was that. While once rare, Clark and his female partner in crime are among what appears to be an ever-growing number being charged with luring local teens into prostitution. And that's that's why when you see these things on on Facebook or other places where teens have, have you seen this child, so many of them are being lured into this because they think that they're communicating with someone that wants to be their friend, and they end up in the sex trafficking trade, which, I mean, just the Super Bowl, there were 169 people arrested during our Super Bowl for having for raping children under the age of 14 because it's rape. It's not sex. It's rape. Right, right. That's the thing. People, when they are writing stuff about these girls, it's like, well, there was some question about that. No, it's it's rape. Those are children that don't have the age of consent. Yeah, they don't need to even prosecute it. Nothing. And it It, is. It is. And it's got to stop. So education is a big part of it. So I would encourage anybody that cares about children, this is not mandated reporter because everybody should be a mandated reporter, whether they work with children or not. But the training gives you an eye as to what to look for, how to realize that people are grooming your child, that your piano teacher, when you drop your child off for a piano lesson, and what happens when you leave that child? What happens when they walk into the bathroom at Walmart unsupervised? Um, and what's your organization, or what is it that you volunteer? It's called. You can is on, uh, online. It's www.d is in darkness. The number two, and then the letter L for light. dot org. Darkness to light. And that's for. Uh, it's for anybody that's interested in learning more about how to recognize child sexual abuse, what to do. Um, who to report it to, but more just to become aware that even up here, I had somebody tell me the other day that they were concerned about a family, that, a man and his friend who kept bringing this young girl in. Oh, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to lose you there, but I got to go to a break. I'll talk a little more about it after the break. This is Monica Perez. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please. Open your mind. Open your mind. 
is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We have had quite an informative and interesting discussion about uh, the Jeffrey Epstein case coming back into the news. He's back in jail. The backstory has been bubbling up for years. The travesty of justice was intolerable, yet it only gets airtime when they, when the mainstream media, even above that big tech, wants to paint Trump with the same brush as Epstein. And you know, I am not a Trump apologist. I don't, I'm not a hater, but I'm not a lover. I uh, I think he's part of the game, but I don't think he's part of this game. This game is it goes beyond Trump and and I think it goes beyond Epstein. But I don't want to gloss over a great call I had before the break from Jan, who points out that we need to think about this as an actual problem, like unrelated to the saga of Epstein. She is associated with an organization, Darkness to Light. If you want to look for the signs of this kind of victimhood or even maybe uh, help in some way. But I will say she points out that you should be alert to this. It it happened to me when I was young and it happened to my daughter in different ways for the different ages. But she was communicating with somebody uh, who claimed to be a female her age, and I'm sure wasn't. It's probably what you call a catfish. Some Maybe it was an older guy, whatever. And she was nervous about it. And I said, well, you're never supposed to talk to somebody you don't know. I said, did this person suggest you meet somewhere? And she said, yes. And I just, I mean, she really, she freaked. Anyway, we'll never have that problem again. But you might. So pay attention to that. But when I was young, I was a teenager. I left home kind of early. And uh, I wasn't like a runaway, but I was a dropout. I dropped out of high school. So I was 17 and I was living in Denver and somebody approached me, claimed to be a friend of a friend of mine who, and my friend got wind of it and said, Hey, I'm not a friend of that guy's, but what he wanted me to do was fly to Dallas with him for an international modeling gig. And I thought, what? And, uh, and it, it definitely took me a beat or two and the other guy warning me against him to not do it. But I realize now it's probably international, not because they don't do it here, but they want you to be in a place where you don't speak the language. Because that was one of the things that came up in the Epstein research I was doing is true or not, he's never been charged with it, but he's been accused by the guy who ran MC2, the modeling agency, uh, that Epstein ruined his reputation because now he can't get models to come over because Epstein was was directing them into this uh, sex stuff. But I don't know if that's true or not, but the fact is it happens. I didn't want to let this opportunity pass to talk about this Wall Street Journal article from today. Then I want to play some clips. um, And Binkley had another point about the Miami Herald. But so today the Wall Street Journal comes out and doesn't hail the Herald. It actually takes some shots at the Herald. And we thought, oh, good. Somebody else realizes that this thing is a game. But the article, as you read through it, the Wall Street Journal article, it's downright offensive and misleading. And I I suspect that that this will be part of a dialectic so that next week they'll say this old white guy hates the chick Pulitzer 
candidate from the Herald for breaking the story. He's probably, you know, whatever. I don't know. Something is fishy. That's all I'm telling you. I really don't know. But he write, writes this. He says, trying to inoculate, this is Holman Jenkins in the Wall Street Journal. Trying to inoculate journalists against hindsight bias is like trying to teach your cat algebra. It's an uphill slog. Happily, the Washington Post last Sunday gave us a history of the decade-old Jeffrey Epstein sex crimes prosecution that didn't rely on the anachronistic innuendo out of time, whatever, that filled a Miami Herald series entitled Perversion of Justice. The furor caused by that series led last week to the resignation of Labor Secretary Alexander Acosta, Acosta, who had the misfortune of being the U.S. attorney whose office prosecuted the long-ago case. He had the misfortune like it was something that happened to him. He was in a car accident. We're all blaming him for it. But he, he penned that deal. He wrote about it. Jenkins goes on to say... Uh, the post investigation without the ta- tabloidal non-realism of the Herald found, quote, not a crisp portrait of white hats tilting against black hats, but rather a modeled mural of prosecutors who were eager to stop Epstein from preying on girls, but also sensitive to the young women's desire not to have their names made public. It adds that Epstein's high priced defense team took advantage of the fact that many victims felt to bond with their accused abuser. That makes me want to puke. That makes me want to puke that he is saying that. While it's possible that happens, I went and looked at the Wall- at the Washington Post article he's citing, and this says uh, he. It actually says it's amazing. It says uh, the lead detective in the case who has since died said in depositions that. Uh, their trash was stolen by private investigators and that victims' families were approached at their homes by people falsely claiming to be police officers. He's talking about the intimidation these guys felt in the investigation. He says in Acosta, in a 2011 letter explaining why he agreed to the non-prosecution agreement, he said uh, it was a year-long assault on the prosecution and the prosecutors by an army of legal superstars. The defense strategy was not limited to legal issues. Defense counsel investigated individual prosecutors and their families looking for personal peccadilloes that may provide a basis for disqualification. Acosta said one of Epstein's lawyers accused him of excess zeal in forcing a good man to serve time in jail and threatened to make sure a book was published about the unfair prosecution if we continue to proceed with this matter. Uh, the lawyer said it angered him to hear Acosta use the girl's fear. Oh, this was a defense attorney. Angered him to hear Acosta use the girl's fear as an excuse for why prosecutors didn't proceed to trial. He was using that as a shield, Horowitz said. He said that handicapped us. No, your office is the one who placed that fear on them, Horowitz said. He said Acosta's prosecutors frightened the girls he represented, telling them that Epstein and their lawyers would make their life difficult. They did nothing to encourage them, comfort them, or tell them about crime victims' rights. That's the Washington Post article Jenkins is saying. It talks about this being uh, they did their best. But the real what I found, uh, it gets worse, this Washington Post, this uh, Wall Street Journal article, Jenkins says, to put it more bluntly than even the Post wants to, prosecutors seem to have feared losing in court because their witnesses were unreliable. If so, this echoes the apparent experience of a state prosecutor in Palm Beach County in the same matter who ended up going before a grand jury with a single witness who wasn't even underage. It also echoes a declaration in the Herald's own words by the Manhattan District Attorney in a subsequent matter that the underage victims failed to cooperate in the Florida prosecution. That totally flies in the face of the Washington Post article he's referring to. That shows you 
what kind of reporting he's doing right there in the Wall Street Journal. And it's actually totally beneath the Wall Street Journal. So when I look at this, I mean, I'm not a fan of the Wall Street Journal. I read it because I need to. But but that does not stand even casual scrutiny. So that's why I think this is a setup to make these bigwigs look like they use the truth. They use their reporting for their buddies uh Anyway, that was probably that you might have to pull over with your chicken and listen to that <laughs> one again. <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to get it out there for the record. You got to get it out there. I know. It's right. interesting that breathe. one of the yeah. one of the victims was willing to testify until Jeffrey Epstein paid for her lawyer. And then oh, she didn't want that. to anymore. Yes. And there are dozens. There were dozens of potential victims. So even if you get one or two who seem like they're compromised or not interested, uh, there are dozens of victims that were identified by the cops. Not and there were many, many more besides that. And the fact that they had so much evidence, they didn't need these people to cooperate. And even so, the lawyer says they wanted they were waiting for phone calls. I mean, this this just doesn't ring true, and it absolutely feels like he's making these victims uh, into uh, complicit. And and this idea that the locals, that that guy going before the grand jury with next to no evidence was uh, forced upon him, that's what he's criticized for. He was he was exoriated by a judge for that. Is that how you say that word? I don't know. I'm not sure. So what were you saying about you? So you had some little tidbit about the Miami Herald that I think folded into this. Yeah. In September of 2006, the Miami Herald was in a controversy because some of their journalists had been paid by the U.S. government to to put out anti-Cuba propaganda on television and radio. I could have a lot to say about that because there are protests in Puerto Rico that remind me of the uh, the fake rapper that was sent to Cuba by the CIA to yeah. foment unrest there. But but there was one thing. This Michael Wolf who wrote what was that like totally ridiculed White House book he wrote Fire and Fury. Or... Fire and Fury, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that he wrote that book, which you were like laughing at from minute one. But he was repeatedly cited as doing a fluff whitewash piece on behalf of Epstein, who went through a concerted effort to rehabilitate his image. And this Michael Wolf piece appeared in the USA Today, which is owned by Gannett. So that that's where your local reporting comes <laughs> from, this kind of stuff. And and uh, but but what really caught my eye was uh, this line, the last line in the Wikipedia entry for Epstein. I mean, since we're talking about journalistic integrity. In 2019, Forbes deleted a 2013 article that called Epstein, quote, one of the largest backers of cutting-edge science after the New York Times revealed its author, Drew Hendricks, had been paid $600 to write it. So I don't know who he, I mean, I assume everybody gets paid to write stories. I assume he was paid by someone who wanted to... That wasn't true, that he was paid to write that, and it wasn't true. So these these are the kind of things that make you worry, makes me worried that these guys are all getting together and colluding with Facebook and Google so that all this stuff, all this stuff that we now see is full of garbage, is going to get promoted both through search engines and through ad dollars, they don't have to push us down. They don't have to kick us off of WordPress, which they did. They don't have to demonetize. Well, they do demonetize our YouTube videos. They don't have to do They actually took one of mine down. They don't have to do any of that. 
if everything else just gets priority. When you get two million hits to something, I'm not getting on your front page, you know? And and it's only because every one of these these uh controlled voices could take one of every hit. Yeah, that's how the Google News Initiative works here with the Miami Herald. You hear it parroted in the mainstream media by everybody. Every single mainstream media network goes, be sure and check it out at MiamiHerald.com, MiamiHerald.com, MiamiHerald.com. And then yeah. you can't – they show up first on Facebook. They show up first on Google, and every everything else gets buried, and they leave out important truth. And it just it, – it's uh, it's a little more than a nudge, I would say. Yeah. But anyway, let's uh, – there's so much more. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, – we'll, we'll get to it. 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Now, there is a president who may have been elected, but the real man in charge lives several miles underground. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Willing to defend him. Uh, I just want – so – Binkley had brought this clip to me a long time ago. We've played it on the air before, but you absolutely have to hear it again. This is the victim's lawyer. He represents, I think, 30 of the victims or has over the years. Bradley Edwards, he's the man. He has personally won lawsuits against Epstein. He actually had a lawsuit against Trump, so he's no Trump supporter. You must hear uh, what he has to say when asked about Trump's involvement in the Epstein case. Here it is, clip four. Our current president has had relationships with Epstein in the past, and there are those, uh, Katie Johnson and maybe other victims, who have accused Trump of being involved in things like this. Um, in my experience, Trump supporters will not listen to anything along those lines. Obviously, we're not a court of law here right now, but are those claims of those, though that case was dropped, it was dropped before it went to, to court. In your opinion as a lawyer and your experience, is there anything you can say as to the validity of those claims or whether or not there will be any, you know, any more about that? Nothing at all. I, the only thing that I can say about President Trump is that he is the only person who, in 2009, when I served a lot of subpoenas on a lot of people, or at least gave notice to some pretty uh, connected people that I was going, that I wanted to talk to them, he is the only person who picked up the phone and said, "Let's just talk. I'll give you as much time as you want. I'll tell you what you need to know," and was very helpful in the information that he gave and gave no indication whatsoever that he was involved in anything untoward whatsoever, but had good information that checked out and that helped us sure. and that we didn't have to take a, a, a deposition of him. And that was in 2009? That was in 2009. <laughs> I'm sure the, the way that guy asked the question, I'm sure he's totally disappointed. But that <laughs> demonstrates to me that I think Trump probably hates the guy. He probably was annoyed that he came to the Mar-a-Lago and sullied his place with his nastiness. So uh, I, I think that's very damning. But we've got some great clips from Alec Baldwin with the Miami Herald reporter. you got to hear it. This is Coming up next, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. She's an anti-Terminator. Terminator? On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats of uh, to our liberty every Saturday from three to six, right here on WSB, and uh, and I think I think putting criminals in jail and not having them roam the street arrogantly, much less I mean serial criminals, major criminals, is uh, is a definitely a threat to our liberty, however you slice it. So the Epstein case has been. Hot button for Binkley and me for since since 
I think it would. I mean, was it 2015 or just 2016? But it, during the campaign, right? Yeah. I mean, we did a podcast in 2016, so I know it was there. But there was, you know, after WordPress deleted all my stuff, it's kind of hard. They, <laughs> I, I had to all use it the documents posted on our website. Oh, and you they, have them now, or you did? No, they're not there anymore. Oh, I'm sick. I know our web guy will can get them. It's just every darn thing you have to like unearth and reformat so we'll we'll get to it but we've been following this for a long time and i i was as soon as i saw the miami herald like doing intrepid reporting i mean like last year i started clicking on the articles and i was like oh my gosh there's more and i started reading them and i was like what like you know it's like you'd look and see is this double-sided like where's the rest of the story (laughs) because we knew all that stuff yeah. There's nothing damning in there. There was a non-prosecution agreement that they did not share with the victims, and this guy had a non-sentence. I mean, there was no—it was a scandal for 10 years already. Yeah, and you there, win a Pulitzer if you report that but leave out the most important information, apparently. Well, that's what Pulitzers are for. <laughs> <laughs> so I see that. Like, I'll see Pulitzer Prize, and I'll, like, just – I'll keep going. Like, I'll walk past it. My daughter will be like, look, I won a Pulitzer Prize. I'm like, ugh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Put that one away. She's just like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, uh, I can't explain. <laughs> Sorry, honey. So this, so this reporter, you pulled some clips. I bet the whole thing – tell me – uh, tell, tell the audience where these clips are from. Alec Baldwin has a podcast called Here's the Thing. and It's called Here's the Thing? Here's the Thing. That's funny. And he had Julie K. Brown of the Miami Herald on. So she's the one, the intrepid, dogged right. Pulitzer, soon-to-be Pulitzer yeah. Prize. Because there is – it's got to be a female, of course. So, But the – there was a female reporter, Jane Musgrave, who's been followed, who I saw in 2010 in the Palm Beach Post say, talk about this egregious offense to justice and this non-prosecution agreement. Yet others, the Daily Beast or whatever it was called, say, it cites her as revealing this thing in November 2018. Yeah. I mean, so maybe she came up with some stuff. She did. Some victims came forward, but the victims were waiting to be coming forward, according to Horowitz, one of their defense attorneys. So, so keep going. What was your impression of her? She couldn't really answer questions about the case specifically. She kept talking about how she's not a lawyer and she doesn't understand the legalese. And she was very flippant in the way that she answered questions. But she also revealed when she started investigating the case and whether she knew about the sex trafficking prior to when she reported on it. All right, is that in one of the clips? Yes. I, I'm really, I really liked clip one, but mm-hmm. let's skip to – which one do you want to play? For let's me? go ahead and start with clip one. Okay. Actually, what really – launched the piece was when Alexander Acosta, who was the prosecutor, the federal prosecutor in Miami who handled this case, got nominated by President Trump to be labor secretary. I thought I knew about the case and I thought, well, let's see what happens. See, that really irritates me. Yeah. Does it irritate you? Yeah. She only started investigating because of Acosta. And not only that, but let's see what happens. Yeah. 
I, this that you'll see that sometimes with journalists. My mother would always be like horrified. They'd be watching some crime take place and like, keep it rolling, keep it rolling. And she'd be like, yeah, what yeah. is wrong with these yeah. people? Like, get your mind on in order, you know? Like, put your camera down and go, I don't care if it's rolling, but go help that person. What is wrong with you? Yeah, and she admits that she knew about the sex trafficking going on for years. So why just now? Well, the timing of it corresponds with the beginning of the Google News Initiative. But most people would say that it's the the first thing, which is that they wanted it to be all Trumpy. Yes, I think those work hand in hand. Well, side by side, can I? Yeah, side by side. Can, can, I, can I? You know, I like the new one. Yeah, yeah. So I just I feel like they're parallel and not dependent, right? Because they definitely and when you read the report from Iron Mountain from the sixties about like how they control the world, whatever. It's that's a long story <laughs> for another day. Oh. Speaking of which, by the way, happy moon landing day. So, <laughs> happy moon landing day. So, oh, recommendation. Watch the documentary American Moon. The guy examines the photographs from the moon to uh, answer the questions that conspiracy theorists might have. American mm. Moon, highly recommend. So, so, so the report from Iron Mountain talks about how, like, they love multitasking they love to have one operation take care of more than one goal so they'll if they're going to launch an operation they see if they can't throw a couple of extra things into the hopper so that's what i feel like this is of course if they're going to launch the local initiative they're going to do it with a story that serves the purpose they want to serve yeah it's in the cia deception manual what is that you attack it from different sources so that you can uh, make it appear more trustworthy to certain people in certain groups all right, I think that's a yet another wrinkle. And I will say, I did want to make this point. I don't normally like left-right dialectic stuff, but say you have Fox News and you have CNN. Say Fox is supposedly conservative. I don't think so. But, I, you know, like not the way I, the classical kind of conservatism, they're just politically Republican. And then this, and CNN is like the left. It's just it's not even the left because of their position on war and stuff. They're just like politically Democrat. But let's let's call it left and right. If I noticed this when they took over the local stuff, that it was all left leaning, even no matter what the local politics were. And then there have been studies done that as local news got nationalized, national aided. Uh, it was much more polarizing that it used to be people weren't that partisan. They wanted to just get what was right for their town. But then it got really super partisan, even at the local level where it makes no sense. But I feel like with this initiative, if they're going to scoop up all the local stuff to make that feel like alternative independent news, to give that the boost in their search engines and, and give them the ad dollars and everything like that, they're going to make the, all that stuff's left. Left-leaning. That's all that stuff is left. All of it. So you've got this huge, giant, it's like huge mass of media on the left and then like a little pocket of, let's say, Fox that makes you think there's another representative. Now, I don't think I, this could easily play into that, the whole movement now from the right to bring the government in to curate news in the name of Press freedom, like the fairness doctrine, twistedly back in the day to get liberal stuff on the radio where it has no place because it's not logical enough. But uh, anyway, so I just think that this movement clearly is going to exacerbate the left bias. Okay, keep talking. What's next? Oh, what clip is next? Yeah. 
Well, she talks about the money and the funding that go into the effort that McClatchy and the Miami Herald put into this in clips two and three. Put into this story? Yes. Okay. Because the effort, we, we put a lot of effort into it clip too. Clip three but... specifically. All right. Let's hear clip three. The Herald, like other newspapers, are not wealthy organizations and no. institutions anymore. So this money meant a lot. They had to spend a lot of dough to do this legwork. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. They invested a lot of money into this. They believed in me. <clears throat> they believed in her. Hold on a second. They invested a lot of money into that because they got these people. So aren't they in Florida and aren't these girls in Florida? Mostly? Mm-hmm. How much money did you invest in your investigation of this? Zero dollars. Right. Okay. But, well, you have a computer. That, yeah. You know, and I think internet. Yeah. And they put a lot of money in <laughs> to her reading. She should have just listened to the podcast. Right. Maybe she did. I don't know. <laughs> I was wondering about that. But then I saw that her neighbor, Jane Musgrave, had put that stuff out there eight years ago. So there you I go. figured maybe she just read the Palm Beach Post. They paid her a lot of money to leave out the important facts yeah. is what they no, did. No, I, I have to say, I mean, I don't want to slander this person. I really don't. Like, that's not right. I'm laughing and stuff like that. I'm, I did not subscribe to the Miami Herald, so I did not read every single word. I did not vet it all. I'm really just talking about my impression of it. There's probably stuff in there that is new, but it do, there didn't need to be any new stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that it was unbelievable on its face, ridiculously egregious. When the prosecutor is complaining and the cops are complaining that the defense attorneys are harassing them, and scaring them and their families, and you, and they're saying that's why. Yeah, you know what I mean. That would would actually vacate the non. You know what I mean. That would void it. Like yeah. that does not see to say that the prosecution made a mistake doesn't necessarily void it on behalf of Epstein, who was just a victim of prosecutorial error. Yeah. But if Epstein coerced the prosecution into doing something illegal by personally threatening them, then he has no right to that. That is not due process. He he obstructed the justice system there, which we know he did with Maxwell and the MC2 guy by giving them a heads up to, to flee before they could be deposed, which in itself, in my opinion— I don't know if the deposition was for a civil case or not, so I can't say whether it would vacate the prosecution thing. But you get my drift. I'm not trying to say. Uh, she, she might be pro- a true believer. What? She could be a true believer. Oh, oh, that's what I think. These. I don't think you get jobs like that if you're if you know which way is up. I think you get jobs like that because you have that that glass ceiling over your head that like i don't ask questions and i don't ask questions beyond the point where i get the answer i wanted yeah. so let's hear let's hear clip two just to round it out right yeah those outlets say that the arrest might never have happened if it weren't for the work of the miami herald it's brown's work they're talking about that's just the that's- kind of praise she's been getting by every major news outlet everywhere nothing in me believes that they concocted this in a newsroom, put it out there, and forced this New York to take this weirdly narrow action. Yeah. I mean, because the Washington Post said if Alexander Acosta had not been placed in the Trump administration, it definitely wouldn't have happened. I mean, that's the but-for cause here. And she never would have investigated it, and he'd still be walking around Even freely. though she was totally aware of yes, it. Yes, exactly. Because Jane Musgrave <laughs> was saying this stuff in the Palm Beach Post. What what gave – well, I guess Miami Herald is promoted by yeah. Google and Facebook. You know, so Google, the the – 
hard-hitting man of the people, Google, is the one who gave her the platform because they didn't know about it either. That's exactly what it is. Ah. Is Google is the reason it came back in the news because it's part of this initiative. Man, the plot ever thickens. thickens. Ever, ever. Those peels the onion (laughs) down the rabbit hole. (laughs) You could use it all for the story. But, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up after the break. Good stuff. Good stuff. We'll tell people how to hear part one, I guess, was the podcast this week and how to re-listen to this if you could not pull over to hear it all. Uh, After the break, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wait a minute. This is the future. We're all a phase of guns. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. The only line Snipes delivers in that movie that does not have a curse word in it. It took me like the whole two hours to find a drop from Demolition Man. Uh, Okay, so I have a prize pack. Then I'm going to give Maurice, who's been patiently waiting on hold, 60 seconds to say his piece. So prepare for that, Maurice. And then Binkley is going to tell you how you can listen to this show and our podcast and everything like that. So here's the prize pack. Two passes to an advanced screening of Quentin Tarantino's new film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Oh, wow. I want the prize. I wouldn't have read it. I would have just taken it. <laughs> On Wednesday, July 24th at the Plaza Theater, the film opens in theaters Friday, July 26th. So the first person to call our prize pack hotline will get that. It's 404-741-0750. Now I get to give Maurice one minute. Maurice, you ready? Let's, uh, you got it. One minute, go. Hey there. Um, Epstein... Uh, is essentially a brownstoning op- operation for the intelligence services, which part is hard to say. But So he's been doing this for years to blackmail the rich and famous. And, um, you know, the, which also leads to the fact why he got off so light uh, with the Acosta uh, interaction. Um So there's that. I mean, uh, you know, and the other thing is that this is much, much bigger than just Bill or or Trump. Uh, This is the number of people that that can be taken down through association. Supposedly, the appeals court released 2,000 documents. Um, I'm not sure exactly the status on them, but... Point being is a lot of people can be named in that grouping. Um, here's another odd thing. Have you, you got see, have ten you, seconds? You, do it. Have you seen this island? Supposedly spent twenty nine million dollars recently uh, filling in the tunnels and the underground levels on his island, Lolita Island, Little St. James. All right. Well, I'll have to investigate that. Sorry, Maurice. But, yeah, that stuff about there were really important people there, and I'm sure there's lots of information, which is why I think this is orchestrated. He's in on it. It's going to resolve in a way that works for everybody. Uh, Binkley, tell people how they can hear this show and the past shows and all that. You can go to www.thepropreport.com and click on any of the posts, and the subscribe links to the podcast are at the bottom. And you can also follow Monica on Twitter at Monica Perez Show and me at Freedom Act Radio. All right, and we will be back next Saturday right here on WSB from 3 to 6, waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty. You know it is. 
the truth. This is Monica Perez.